Trivia Podcast Edition. I am Michael T.Y.P. Cole, and this is episode 35. And with me this evening, we have James, who is not editing this podcast, but is Woo-hoo. still on this podcast. Yes. Uh, are you sure you don't want to edit it? Oh, God. I still <laughs> yeah. have two hours of what might be the most insane episode of Radio Free Nintendo to edit. Oh, come on. You had the 100th episode of Radio... That's got to have been the most insane one. No, oh, because... you didn't edit that all alone, did you? No, I, I have to give Carl some credit for helping on that one. He, he yeah, cut... if, you, if you missed that uh, 100th episode, check it out. Yeah. it was a lot of fun, and it's really long, so it'll this last one's a, a This one's a five-person podcast, which always adds some extra complexity to it. But when, once? Yeah. Ooh, that's, but when, that's like... I don't know, you hit the threshold at four... Five is the max we've ever been able to pull off. We tried six once, and it was a disaster. Well, I mean, sometimes I know that like I'll go on with Johnny, and it's five people, but we're kind of sharing one audio track. No, uh, this is five tracks. Ooh, have fun there. Yeah, and, and um, person four is Carl Castaneda, and person five is Stan Ferguson. So it was uh, very loud. <laughs> Stop bowling. At least you didn't have Obi on. I've never had the pleasure of podcasting with Obi. You don't need to. All right. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, this is not Radio Free Nintendo. This is uh, Radio Trivia, which it's easy to confuse the two since we have the same people on sometimes. But uh, yeah, uh, we got a good lineup, and uh, James has picked two of the games. I don't think he knows any other games. Nope. But, uh, I actually, since since last week was uh, all picked by Johnny, I've actually selected two reader requests, or listener requests, uh, for this evening, which makes my life easier, and I, I feel like I need to give something back, so, uh, hmm. so two and three are both chosen by you, the listener. All right. But, but game one was picked by me, so here we go. We'll 
Wow. You like the music? I have no idea what it is, but I know it's an intense game for intense gamers. <laughs> All right. No, I probably shouldn't say. Not that I have any ideas to give. Intense gamers. Alright, alright. Well, here's a question. Which team goes by the name Unbreakable Duo? ideas what the game is um I I was thinking that it was thematically probably a side-scrolling uh, action-adventure game uh-huh. from the music but oh I'm right no, 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 keep going 
Oh, okay. Just based on the music, it was almost like Castlevania-esque, but it wasn't Castlevania music, clearly. Yeah, uh, that's exactly how he described the first song in my review of this game. Oh. Castlevania-esque. But uh, that's not that's not the game. What's, what do you think the game is? <sighs> well, let's see. You've only reviewed about 100 games, so I'll just go search. <laughs> I have no idea. Har, har, har. That's not, that's not the way to play this game. Well, that's still a hint. That he did review. Yeah, I'll delay so our listeners can get the opportunity to go searching through the database for Castlevania. No, 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 no. Five seconds. Five seconds. This isn't the live version. Oh, yeah, they could just pause it, can't they? Um, all right. Well, the game is Sonic Advance Three. Really? And uh, yeah, some people may have figured out it's a Sonic Advance game by uh, not by the first song, but uh, the instrumentation of the second and third song. I think I used Sonic Advance One just a few episodes ago, but. Uh, I, uh, I wanted to use this game because I thought it was a really interesting uh, entry in the series, and uh, some good music. I definitely like the music in this game. Yeah, it was actually and, uh, quite a variety between 1 and 3, too. Yeah, well, the third one was a special stage, which I really don't remember anything about. I know that uh, one of the poor design decisions of 2 and 3 were that it was pretty... Uh, it was kind of obtuse how you, you found your uh, special stage, and 2 was really bad. But uh, in, in 3, you have to find, I think, Chow uh, that are scattered throughout the levels. Mm. Um, now, you don't have to get all the Chow like, in one pass-through, which is what they kind of required you to do for the equivalent in Sonic Advance 2. Uh, so you could mm. play over and over again, and eventually it had really branching paths. It was a, very, a lot of the levels had very significant branching paths. and uh, So you, you probably find one here and there every other time you play and, um, and so eventually you get the special stage. I really don't remember the special stage from this game because they all blur together. But uh, uh, the interesting <laughs> thing about this game was, uh, like I mentioned, there's a lot of branching paths, and that was because there was a lot of variety in the character controls. They actually used teams. It wasn't, uh, uh, you know how you know, Sonic often has tails trailing behind him? Right. Well, they kind of elaborated upon that, and uh, I think there are four characters... Four characters? There's Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Amy, and uh, that bunny, uh, Cream. So there's five. Yeah. And um, and you compare any two of them together. One is the lead and one is the uh, backup. And who you have in the lead and backup, kind of the backup is kind of a modifier for the lead, although sometimes it's pretty extreme. So there are actually a wide range of different kind of controls, you know, because Amy has her hammer, and, you know, some of the characters can fly, some of them can't. And, uh, so, you know, if you want to play standard Sonic, you know, you choose Sonic with Tails as a backup, or maybe Tails with Sonic as backup, and you get pretty much the classic controls. Mm. But uh, if you want something kind of crazy, you can have Sonic with Cream, where you, Sonic can breathe underwater, or really weird, if Tails is primary and Knuckles is backup, Tails can't even fly anymore. He kind of glides like Knuckles, and he's like big punching gloves and stuff. So <laughs> there's, there's some really weird stuff. Some of it works better than others, but it, I, it was a really good because I think, you know, some of the partnerships are good in certain situations, maybe against a certain boss, uh, or for one route through a level, and, uh, of course, if you don't like it, you can always choose whatever team you want. So, unlike the Sonic 3D games, which tend to, like, force you to do something you don't like, you can always go back All and say, yeah, I want to play, you know, as, as Tails or whatever with Sonic. So, I, I think it did a really good balance of trying out some new stuff without totally breaking the game. Well, that's sort of similar, and I believe, to kind of what they do in Sonic Heroes, except you don't get to pick. No, see, that's the thing. You're forced to play as 
Yeah, you're supposed to play as all three, really. You're rotating. And I, that's probably where they got the idea. There was probably synergy between this game and Sonic Heroes. But yeah, Sonic Heroes didn't work out so well. No. Um, unsurprisingly. Yeah, unsurprisingly. So, Maybe next time, Sega. Yeah, but I mean, I, I really like the Sonic Advance series. I know I said that before, but uh, even more... I mean, Sonic Rush is pretty good, I, I guess. I, I didn't play the sequel, but Dims did a fantastic job with Sonic Advance 1 through 3. And, uh, I mean, yeah, it's a little different from, like, the Genesis games, but that isn't necessarily a bad thing. So, no. uh, if you find any of the Sonic Advance games lying around that you use GameStop or something, check it out. I mean, it, it, it's pretty good. Uh, you probably won't completely beat it, because, like I said, the, getting KS Emeralds is a bit over the top, but it's still fun to play. Um, so that's all I have to say on, on Sonic Advance 3. Well, the answer to the question. Oh, of course. Well, uh, if you choose Sonic and Tails, that's the Unbreakable Doom. That makes sense. Yeah, and, and it doesn't matter if you have Sonic or Tails as lead. The names for the only a few named teams, and it doesn't matter which one's lead and which one's backup, because it's still the same team, which kind of makes sense. Um, I wish they had done names for all of them, because they probably could have come up with some pretty funny names, but... I guess we'll push team oh, to There's stop. only, what, five? Oh, I'm going to go into math theory now. There's only uh, five factorial? Uh, well, the order doesn't matter, so... Oh, no, so it would be uh, five. Um, let's not go there. Let's not do that. <laughs> well, I think, you're, I, I think you're right. It's five factorial. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's actually a lot of names. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, didn't, like, Mario Party, whatever, when they have lots of time to twiddle their thumbs, they have different names for all the different teammates these days? Because yeah, they like, don't actually they do got... anything when they're developing a new no. Mario Party game, so they can do that. They can waste their time doing that. They just have to draw a new way to make levels out of cakes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the, the DS game wasn't so bad. At least it was, you know, the first decent portable one, so... Yeah. You can't really fault it too much for doing the same thing. Uh, I'm waiting for online... Mario Party, which will never happen. Yeah, yeah. It, it won't. But it would only really be good if you could do voice chat. I yes, believe. and that's probably why they haven't done it. <laughs> yes. Because they realize that. Anyway, we're getting off topic, so uh, let's go on to game two, which was picked by a listener. So hooray. Yay.
Hmm, you say. I'm not even sure what system that was. Ho, ho, ho. Well, this could be a long night for me. Well, at least I know I'll get two of them right. <laughs> that doesn't count. Oh. So I, so I know what games it isn't <laughs> bad ones. Which famous romantic composer is the basis of a punny character name in this game?
have a publisher in mind or a developer rather but now I'm second guessing that I, it almost sounds like rare music no. but not what do you think no, it is not. um I was thinking it was the one of the the I don't know a G, the GBA Banjo-Kazooie game <laughs> uh, I certainly didn't pick the most recognizable songs for this game on purpose um if I told you that the requester had requested I choose a game, a song called Beware of Forced Mushrooms, would you know what game this is? No. Alright, this is a Super Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo. Oh. Uh, yeah, so this is a this is a game I've kind of had in my back pocket for a very long time, and, and uh, Sunjo has finally called me out, and he's like, hey, you know, I'm surprised you haven't used this game yet. So, so uh, am I. So I am, uh, I don't know, it was kind of one of those things where I kept choosing a different Square game whenever I felt like using this game, so I didn't really want to use both. So it's, oh, this doesn't really—you uh, can kind of see some Square in it. Well, I mean, it's it's, uh, it's Yoko Shimomura, not like Ueda, so I mean, it's yeah, it's a little oh, different. Well. But the, certainly, like the the samples and and yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess this isn't completely traditional Square, but still, I, you know, I try to mix things up a little. So. Uh, eventually, since a uh, combination of this request from a couple of months ago and now there's some talk of it finally coming out on a virtual console internationally, uh, I thought... I.e. not here. <laughs> it'll come here eventually. But uh, the PAL deserves it. PAL regions deserve it more than us since they never got it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think it's kind of an overrated game. Um, it's still good. I, I think that combination of it being the last the swan song for Square and Nintendo for so long kind of raised it up in, in people's minds and gave it kind of this yeah. this supernatural game kind of feeling kind of like what people do with Disney and Square, I guess, for Kingdom Hearts, and uh, which I haven't played, so I can't really say if the games are actually good or not. But uh, there's just sort of this picture of it. Oh my God, that's so awesome! And, uh, I mean, it's a good game, and it certainly set the precedent for other Mario RPGs, and I, I appreciate that. Um, but, I mean, it, it's a good uh, intro RPG game. It's, it's kind of—it's pretty casual. It has some funny moments. Uh, it's not really that difficult, but uh, I think that uh, it's definitely a good My First RPG, definitely. It's definitely... So, RPG training? No, I wouldn't, it's not that basic. I mean, there's still a lot of stuff to it. But uh, it, it isn't overly complex. There aren't too many different items that you could potentially equip, and you know, but it has all the usual. You know, it has magic and flower points, and it has uh, you know a lot of different items and weapons you can equip. But you can get by if you don't know what all you're doing to some extent. I would not call it RPG training, but it's certainly one of the goals in Square. As mine probably when they said yes to this arrangement was, oh, we can get people new to the RPG that like Mario. And I'm sure it worked. I mean, it, it, was, it, probably, yeah, it was probably my I, first traditional Japanese RPG. Because I mean, well, most of the Japanese RPGs on the SNES were like super hardcore stuff. Yeah. I, I can't think of that many easy... I mean, the Breath of Fire series was a little bit simpler. I thought Breath of Fire 2 was really annoyingly hard because of all the random... Oh, that was, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, but I think one and okay. three were a little bit better. But yeah, two is like you take a step and you're attacked. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, but this, it's a good game. The graphics really good. The music's really good. Um, and uh, if you liked... Uh, well, actually, the interesting factoids is that the guys behind this game, a lot of them went on to make the Mario Luigi uh, games. Because they splintered off from Square over the years, and Alpha Dream, a lot of the lead guys there are, at least were, when Mario and Luigi was developed, uh, were like the, like the co-director of Mario RPG was director for Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, and they have the same composer. So I mean, it, those are the spiritual sequels to this game. So if you like, if you like Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga, you'll probably like this game. The, the game, the battle mechanics are different. You know, the battle mechanics are closer to Final Fantasy. But uh, if you like the style of humor and, and the music and the overall feel, uh, you should like Mario RPG. Um, hopefully they won't charge an arm and a leg on Virtual Console for this game. Oh, I'm sure it's what Square's involved. So, uh, well, I'm sure that the only reason why it's coming out is because Nintendo put their foot down and said, no, we don't want to put the resources towards remaking this on DS. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, they need to get to work on whatever projects they've yeah. got going on the DS now. Uh, yep. So, uh, anyway, the, the question uh, was, uh, what romantic composer uh, is kind of spoofed in a pun uh, in this game? And there's a character called Tudovsky, who's a toad, who's a composer. And uh, that's, of course, a, a funny way of saying Tchaikovsky. So, uh, yay. Yay. <laughs> but uh, the first part about Mario... Mario RPGs that Luigi is nowhere to be found. I think there's oh. one reference to him, well, and like one line of text that's supposedly like a wish that he made. That, uh, that joke kind of comes in into uh, the, the 64 version, um, Paper Mario, because you know he's in the basement of his house writing notes about how he always gets left behind. Right. Yeah. Well, of course, that's also true for like Mario, Super Mario 64, the original. And uh, a couple of other Mario's adventures. But the thing that really irked me when I was playing this game was that they kept talking about how great a jumper Mario is in this game and how he's like the best jumper ever. And I'm like, well, what about <laughs> Luigi? <laughs> Isn't Luigi jump higher? All right, so maybe so, this game is just not canon. Yeah, it's slightly not canon, I guess. Uh, of course, what what is canon in the Mario series? I, I don't know. It's slightly more canon than, than Zelda, which sort of you have to take each entry kind of isolated on its own, or maybe with its partner later, I don't know, but, um, yeah, I don't know, uh, yeah, the only Actually, real canon game Mario, uh, the real, only real canon game I can think of that Nintendo has is, is, uh, is, uh, Metroid, I mean, Star yeah. Fox kinda is, but they've goofed that up so much, and was, yeah. wasn't the N64 kind of a retelling of the SNES version? I thought the N64 version was a replacement of the main character in the SNES version. Right. It was like the same... It's like the same story or something. Something like that. Yeah. But I thought that was supposed to be his son or something. Oh, really? Because I, I, I thought it was the same same scenario. I, I don't know. I, I didn't play the Super Nintendo version very much, so... Because, uh, uh, I, I mean, know. at the end of the N64 version, depending on what path you right. take, his, his father does pop up. Right. So I just assume that's what they were implying. Maybe. But, I, I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe we're giving Nintendo... Too much credit yeah, in that respect. I, I think so. Yeah. Actually, one thing in noting though that I didn't even realize that uh, Mario and Luigi games were a Square spinoff, which makes me wonder how many companies are officially Square spinoffs. I don't know, but I mean, between all the all the uh, 
mergers and decisions to just focus on Final Fantasy, I, I imagine a lot of people have kind of walked away in, in disgust or or whatever and spun up their own companies. Um, yeah, I mean, I, can, I mean, Brownie Brown and um, I don't know, it's a bunch of them. Is Brownie Brown still doing things? Or are they just like no? I, I think they're or? defunct. I think I think they made um, that one, basically like two games, and then they. Well, for that matter, what's Alpha Dream up to? Are they still around? I guess they I, might be. I haven't really looked into them for a while. They haven't done anything for DS recently. Yeah, I, I mean, was their last game the uh, the one where it was Mario, Mario, Mario and Time? Luigi? Yeah, yeah. That's, as far as I'm aware, that's the last game they worked on. But, you know, they could have done some cell phone games or whatever. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> and I don't really keep close tabs on, on Japanese industry there, so... Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Mario yep. RPG... Uh, let's go on to game three. If I can make up words to describe it. Yes, you can. Sweet. And it was bongoy. I would sing along, but there—I don't think I can make that little noise that 
they were making. <laughs> Here's your question. What are the different musical instruments you can play in this game? Ah, got it.
goes on and on. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes. So there were a bajillion hints there, but I wanted to play the credits anyway into that game because because uh, I thought it was really fun, neat, even though it's long. And, uh, so what's the game? It would be Majora's Mask. Indeed. Um, I don't know if I'd call it my favorite Zelda game, but I think it's the most interesting Zelda game. Uh, and, uh, well, okay. For those who are not familiar with Majora's Mask, I don't know how you wouldn't be, but if you are... Well, it did come out pretty late in the N64's life. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but it, it, it actually was... launched the same day as the PS2. That's right, it was supposed to be... <laughs> It's not a bad that game, but, but uh, yeah, wow. They had some interesting. They actually did like movie trailers for this game. Yep. I mean, because it was like the only game Nintendo had, so they just sort of like threw money at it. And uh, it was that and Conquer. Yeah, although they couldn't. No, because Nintendo didn't uh, associate themselves with Conquer really, right? That was oh, actually, that's right. That was actually published by Rare. Uh, Which is why they retained the rights. Yeah. And. Um, so Majora's, Majora's Mask is interesting because it's structured very differently from uh, any other Zelda game, to be honest. Um, even like when uh, even uh, Phantom Hourglass, which is honestly not all that different from the normal Zelda structure. Not um, really, just that last dungeon. Yeah, because uh, the way this the concept behind this game uh, is that uh, Link is kind of stuck in gra- a Groundhog Day type loop, where the world is ending in three days due to a crazed cursed moon with a really scary face on it. Uh, yes. Slowly coming closer to the Earth of this alternate world he stumbled upon. And uh, in this alternate world, there are a lot of the characters that he found in the regular world as Young Link. But uh, here they have like different roles. It's kind of like each character is playing a new role. and uh, With a few exceptions, I guess. But um, it's really interesting because there's a lot of backstory to each character. A lot of the game is actually based on the uh, on the, like, the side quest. Stalking. And where you're, yeah, for some extent, you're stalking them, depending on the, on the quest. And all these events are very precisely timed, so, you know, what time it is of the first day, second day, or third day really affects. Things are really scripted, and it's pretty cool how they did it all. So, generally... And some of them... Some of those events really, really require you to move, too, because you'll have to be in one place at one time and then make it, you know, a long distance to get to the next event. Right. So so to some extent, you can say, well, how am I going to figure this out? But but uh, aside from a strategy guy, there are actually a lot of hints, and, and often what you do is you kind of discover things about the world as you're playing through it, and then you may have to try three or four times restarting the, the cycle, which Link can do with his ocarina, uh, to, to actually get it done. Some of these are like, there's one that's a really long trade quest, and and, uh, or a couple of them that are really long, like trade quests, equivalents. And uh, it can get annoying if you, if you mess up near the end, I guess. But, but it, it's still really neat how he did that. So generally speaking, you get a little further in each cycle, and then things restart. And you retain certain things, like your money. Well, depending... No, you, you don't. Well, if you, if you yeah. put it in the bank, then, then uh, things like that. Yeah. And, you know, items you've collected. And so they, I don't know, there's a bit of a text. It's kind of like the sci-fi thing where a line fixes certain bumps in the uh, you know in the plot line or whatever but you know you retain certain things and if, if you complete a dungeon even though the dungeon server actually resets you still have completed it yeah, yeah you don't have to yeah, go back so, unless you feel the desire to do right so. which what you do if you want to collect all the little fairies in there that whatever give you extra power
powers, but that's another side quest. And so, uh, they're like, for the most part, for side quests, you get masks. And, uh, the primary masks, like, you turn into different different characters, which is pretty cool. So you're Link, you turn into the Deku Scrub. In fact, you're Deku Scrub at the very beginning, uh, because you're kind of cursed. Um, there's also a Zora, which you can turn into, which is kind of fun to swim around as kind of a dolphin-esque. And your boomerang your arms. Your boomerang arms, yes. And uh, then there's the uh, the Goron, which is sort of like a sluggish Sonic the Hedgehog, to some extent. Because um, you can, like, sp- has spin, you know, roll. The, yeah, the Goron has an awesome boss battle. Right, oh yeah, the boss battles in, the, in this game are really cool, because they leverage the different characters you play as. So, you know, each one's very unique, and there are only four dungeons. Or four plus, I guess, the final dungeon. Um, yeah. But... Uh, those four dungeons are really interesting, and that, that's what I mean by the game structure being so different. It, it doesn't feel like there isn't much to the game, even though there are only four dungeons, because of all these side quests you can do. And uh, some of them are really interesting, and some of them are really crazy. Like, there's one where UFOs are abducting, is it cows or horses? Oh, that was that was the uh, the side quest in the, right. the ranch. Because so, your, your replacement for um, the young ranch daughter... Right. In fact, both both the grown up version of her and the young version of her are in are in this alternate reality at the same time. That's right. Playing the older sister. I forgot about that. And the young one is completely insane. <laughs> I don't remember that part, but she's like she runs around screaming about UFOs, and then it turns out you actually yeah, are trying to shoot she down UFOs. Insane. But uh, yeah, so you're like shooting down UFOs with your bow and arrow, if I remember correctly. Um, so yeah. there's some really fun side quests and some really funny character development and, and you know intertwined relationships if you pay attention. Some of that stuff isn't really vital to understanding and getting all the stuff, but if you pay attention, you'll find some fun little kind of in-jokes. Uh, and it is completely worth it to get all the masks. I think so. I mean, it, it's a lot of time you may not have, but, but it's definitely rewarding. And you, you yeah. get a pretty cool bonus for uh, for getting all that. Um, Actually, I'm thinking about it. Every boss battle except the final one was really epic. Yeah, I, yeah. The, bo- the final boss battle is probably the worst one in the game. Yeah, especially if you do get the bonus, which I guess we could spoil because we've already run a story about a statue about it on the website. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, Oni Link is that what his name is? Yeah. Basically, is like your eye. Your kind of grown up Link, not quite. It, it's he's like eyes are glowing red, or uh, or was it red or yellow? They- I think it's yellow. I think okay. in the U.S. version they referred to it as like the Dark God Link or something like that, or Demigod Link, but it's Odie Link officially. And, uh, but you get basically get a sword that is like three hits and the final boss is dead. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, it's still a lot of fun, and uh, it's a rewarding you experience to, in, to help everyone out, you know. And you get to turn into a giant, which is awesome. Yes, there is the giant mask. I forgot about that. That is my favorite boss battle of any game ever. Uh, I forgot about that. You know, I've played this Zelda game probably more than any other Zelda game, but it's been quite a few years now. I've played, probably played through this like four or five times. It's pretty ridiculous. I, don't... I played like th- I played like three times, and I, I actually do th- think it's my second favorite or favorite 3D Zelda yeah. game. But... It's very interesting, I, and I, I like it because it really... I mean, yeah, they're trying to t- t- make a... You know, the DS are like, oh, we got to reinvent Zelda. It's got to be real different. But, and they kind of did that, but I mean, Majora's Mask really reinvented. Yeah. I mean, it almost wasn't a Zelda game. I mean, I think I remember talking about this with Johnny once. And he's like, "Yeah, if Zelda weren't attached to that game, it would not have come out in the U.S." And they're probably she's probably right. Um, yeah, 
And it, but it doesn't make it a bad game, obviously. No, it, it isn't. Yeah. And one other thing I wanted to add is, I actually own the sheet music for this game, and uh, awesome. I don't play the piano all that much anymore. But I do play this song, the songs from this game, a little. And uh, and so uh, this uh, game and the soundtrack really has a place in my heart. <laughs> so check it out. Uh, I know that the emulation was a little wonky on the uh, GameCube release of it. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But uh, they probably are going to iron that out and release it eventually on, on Virtual Console. Do, well, do we have any expansion pack games on the VC right now? I don't know, but I certainly pop. They can pull it off. They pulled it off on, on, yeah. on the GameCube, although there was some tweaks to the code, but apparently you do the same thing for N64 games. Um, yeah, it'll, yeah, it'll come out eventually. They're just, they're just sitting on it. They're waiting for the right... Wait for the next Zelda GameCube game, or Zelda Probably. Wii game to come out or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I could. See, I actually hope they do do something similar to that. But in reality, they did the four dungeon structure because the ho- the hope was to have this game out what like a year after Ocarina of Time. Yeah. And it ended up being like two and a half years later. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I, like I said, I still I didn't feel like uh, cheated because there's a lot of really interesting stuff you can do in the game. No, they found a way to work that in so it wasn't so it was still you know a fully featured game. Yeah. Majora's Mask, and yet another Zelda game that has been uh, played on Radio Trivia. So, cross that one off I'm the list. I'm surprised it hadn't been already. Yeah. Oh, I, you know what? I, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. I apologize. I, I meant to read this. Uh, this was selected by Drew, and he actually wrote a little letter. I wanted to uh, I wanted to read part of it. I'm writing this to ask that the next reader request be the game Majora's Mask. My siblings, ages 13, 9, 7, and 4, have started listening to Radio Trivia, Podcast Edition, and Majora's Mask is a game that we have all played. Uh, if you decide to use Majora's Mask, the three songs I would like uh, you to choose are LG of Emptiness, Inverted Song of Time, and my favorite, uh, Oath to Mortar. I'll, I chose not to choose those games, uh, those songs because uh, I thought there were more interesting songs out there. But um, Thank you for the letter, and, and this was definitely a good pick. I, I was actually surprised I had not selected it yet, either. Um, yeah, I actually went to the list before. I was like, no way. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for bringing this to my attention so that I could play this lovely music. And with that... And question. Yeah, and the question. Uh, oh, you mean we didn't answer the question, either? No, but I think I know them all. Alright, what is it? The Deku Pipes. Right. The Fairy Ocarina. I think it was the, the Ocarina of Time. Is it? Yeah, okay, Fairy Ocarina right, was, was, Ocarina, was Ocarina of Time, the wooden one, before you get the Ocarina of Time. Oh, wow, okay. how many times have I said Ocarina of Time in that sense? But yeah, um, uh, that's the, the whole idea. You can change, you control time because you have the Ocarina of Time. Right. And in fact, you, you control time more in this game than you do in Ocarina of Time. Yes, you can slow down time and, and speed it up. Well, you can or speed skip. it up. Skip to skip. half days, whatever. Yeah. Um, um, the Goron... Drums. Yeah, I don't know what they're officially called, but yes. Oh, and um, the hardcore electric guitar that you had as a Zora. Right, which is like a bone. Looks like a, yes. like a fish bones or something. Um, yeah, fun stuff. He's a one-man band. That's right. That was actually and one of the side quests. <laughs> yes, that, that was one of the that was in the bar. Right. Uh, fun times. Anyway, we should probably move on to the next game here. Uh, yes. And uh, you already know this game, so... I can still guess. Safe face.
Ah. It was very uh, serene. It was. And there's a lot of... That, that is actually one of the secondary themes of the game, to give a hint. Mm. But if you've played this game, you've heard that theme like a million times. Okay, then. I wish you had mentioned that whole theme thing before I chose the, the songs. For oh, game. well, oh, well, the game has a lot of repeating themes, so pretty much anything we would have picked yeah. would come off a bunch of times. Oh, okay. But that, that one that one is a, has comes a couple particularly telling moments. Well, uh, it's a fun and uh, energetic song. It's not a bad song. But uh, here's a question for you anyway. It's not for oh, you, it's for yeah, me. Yeah, I know the you answer. You already know this. Yeah. All right, all right. Where am I? Where am I? <laughs> Scroll down. All right. This game is part of a larger series of games which run on the same basic game mechanics. What is the name of the series?
That one's more upbeat and closer to what I would expect from this game. Yeah. That, that's a good good game. Just stall, give them a few more seconds to guess. Because it has some qualities that should help you link the franchise, and the question should help you put it together with the rest of the title. Because the game is... Do you want to say it or should I? You have all the honors for this game. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Explorers of Darkness, or conversely, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Explorers of Time. A.K.A. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon 2? Yes. Actually, it's called Pokemon Mystery Dungeon 2 on the official website, I noticed. Wow. Maybe they just yeah. decided this is just too much title. Yeah, like at least for like the the title it shows on the browser nice. browser uh, title. So, yeah. So, uh, tell us about your experience with this game. I guess this is oh, a therapy session. Yeah. Well, I already your music's had... pretty good. I, I like the music. Yeah, the music. Game, so. The music was actually very good, and I'm like, there's a couple of those themes in there that that are really good, and they bring them in at different times, different instrumentations. You know, that was really good. I gave the music high marks, and I reviewed it. And in fact, I reviewed it with Neil Ronigan, our mm-hmm. uh, our new staff news writer. I can't say new anymore. But um, he he and I had the different versions of the game. We wrote a single review, but the game is awful, just 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 bad, because the mystery dungeon format is essentially designed to make you play the same dungeon thirty times over again, and just hope you get lucky enough that one time you make it through without having to restart. And you don't. It takes like. Well, but aren't, and aren't all the dungeons? I mean, all the dungeons are randomly generated, so they yes. all probably feel roughly the same. Yeah, they do. And, and it did not randomly generated well either. I mean, if they were randomly generated and you had a, a level that was... You always ended up with a level that was somewhat, you know, normal. It would be okay. But you might, and this happened many times, literally be put on the map and the exit to that level, to the next level, is randomly generated to be right next to you. Yeah. You know, this kind of reminds me... I have very limited experience with randomly generated... Uh dungeons and the like, I, I try to avoid those kind of games, because to me it doesn't make sense to do something randomly generated to me. I mean, if you're not going to do level design, you're not doing level design. So, um, but this reminds me of the bonus dungeon in Tales of Symphonia. It which, does. Uh, which, which I remember attempting for, foolishly, a couple of tries before I realized this is stupid, I'm not nearly strong enough, I don't want to play the game enough to get strong enough. So, yeah. I, Screw I, this, and, you know? and in that dungeon, I think I got two thirds of the way in. Yeah, I mean, and, then and I felt like I was I was a champion. I'm like two thirds of the way, and I'm good. But yeah. this game, it's exactly like that because you can't go back. You can only go forward. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a bad bad way, you just gotta keep going. Yeah. But some of the dungeons are upwards of forty floors, and then you save, and then the dungeon keeps going and you can't leave after you save you're saved in the middle of these two dungeons and then you have to go through another 20 floors and then fight a boss so there's some people at least that respond to your review who think that you Neil just didn't get it and this is a genre of game that or the rogue type the rogue likes that and you just don't get it and you should not have reviewed this game because you don't get it and well no one on staff gets it so somebody had to bite the bullet right And, and you know what if someone on staff was a real fan of those, then they may not really represent the large majority of people who are going to play this game. Now, granted, kids may not care so much, so maybe that's not a fair statement either. 
Now, they may not care so much about the randomly generated fallacies. But, but uh, I think they would because it made the game ungodly hard. Because to, to make up for the fact that you might spawn right next to the exit, there had to be like 40-plus levels in every dungeon. Right. I mean, and, I mean, this sort of reminds me of the discussion I, I remember having or overhearing with with a former staff member, uh, Zasha Asra, whatever, Dragona, whatever her name is. <laughs> she went by <laughs> Dragona, and she she really knows her RPGs, and, and I mean, there was... I, maybe we were editing a review or something, or, or I was talking with Bloodworth, who was editing one of her reviews, and, and we're getting into, like, discussion between, like, strategic RPG versus, like, tactical strategic RPG, and, <laughs> like, hmm. is more than one person who's reading this review going to understand this distinction that you're making, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So this kind of reminds me, you know, there may be a small section of people who really appreciate roguelikes and can't get enough of the Mystery Dungeon type games, but there's another section of the populace who doesn't really know what Mystery Dungeon is, and oh, Pokemon game, I'm interested in yeah. Pokemon, and you know, they they deserve to have and, a review aimed towards that background. Yeah, and, and not just that, Nintendo promoted the game as a Pokemon game, sure. aimed at a younger demographic. Sure. You see the commercials, it's like 12 year olds, and they say that they are electric or fire or water, and then they're represented by some poorly drawn Pokemon on screen. But, and I remember, I remember when the Nintendo Channel came out, the first one that was on the DS page was was that game, and I watched it and just felt angry because I just I just turned in the review and just gotten up on the on the site, uh-huh. and I sent out an email to Neil and Jonathan Lindeman, our reviews editor, right. saying that that's up there, and I felt angry. And Neil sent back, you know, that was the first thing I did when I launched the Nintendo Channel, was I saw it was there and felt angry. <laughs> well, but, I mean, if, game... if you want to have, like, if you like roguelikes and and you want a comparison of that to other roguelikes, your best bet is to check games, you know, GameSpot well, I, I, or I've... IGN's reviews, because I know they've also reviewed other uh, Mystery Dungeon games, yeah. and, and they may give you a little more perspective. If you want to know if this is a good roguelike, versus a bad roguelike, and we can't really make the distinction, well, because we don't like roguelikes. I did, <laughs> yeah, I did talk to some people who really do like the genre, including one of my, my critics in, their, in the talkback, uh-huh. and this is, a, but his admission, this is an easier version of the roguelike, aimed at children. Oh, goody. Well, I'm a fairly experienced gamer, and it took me about 100 hours to beat this game, but only 40 of them were logged, yeah. because most of it was restarting dungeons. And you beat the game, and I felt like I was relieved. And then I find out I've only beaten half the game. The credits may have aired, but there's a whole other half yeah. of the game behind it. Just yeah, because it, they it's could. long. Yeah, just, just because it didn't take them any time to make the dungeons. Let's tack on another forty right. of them. But if you're gonna get, well, we've already given the answer. The series is mystery right. dungeon. If you're a really hardcore fan of the mystery dungeon series, and you you have a DS, get Sheer and the Wanderer. It's harder, and just if you really like rogue roguelikes, that's your thing. Because if you die, you lose your levels. What? That's just... If you die in Sheer and the yeah. Wanderer, you can lose your levels. Because then you have to replay... Oh, oh you, you you lose your level ups. Okay. Like, you get yeah. hurt, you lose two two level ups. Okay. That's that's yeah. not just mean. That's mean-spirited. Well, yeah, because then you're in an even worse position than you were before. Yeah, that's mean-spirited. The interesting thing, though, is both Sheer and the Wanderer, which came out in Japan first, mm-hmm. apparently, and these games put in their new Wi-Fi connection uh-huh. 
don't be fooled. The Wi-Fi connection means that if you die, and you just happen to be in one of the few dungeons where it lets you do this, you can send an email via the DS to your friends registered telling them you died. And all that does is send them a code so they know where you are so they can go rescue you, so they can send you an email saying you're alive again. So you have to like leave the game turned off while you're being rescued? Is that the idea? No, it, it's not even interactive. It's literally just like you connect to the Wi-Fi connection, send out a message saying I need to be rescued. And then somebody else logs into the Wi-Fi connection and sees all the messages of rescues, pulls one out, rescues you, and then sends up a message saying this rescue is complete. Then you log back onto Wi-Fi and get that message that you've been rescued. But you can't do anything with that message that you've been rescued? Not. It doesn't, it doesn't like allow you to actually resume your game or anything? Yeah, you resume oh, where okay. you were. Well, then it is useful. But, but, that's, but that's not online. That's email. Yeah. It's, it's equivalent of I mean, like Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons, uh, trading sequence thing. Except you're doing that with yourself, and that was like, well, yeah. we could have been doing it with a friend, but I did it with myself, and uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, to call that Wi-Fi yeah. connection, it is rather duplicitous because there's actually no connection. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this is Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Two. I have to wonder if Pokemon Mystery Dungeon One was any different. Um, not really. Okay. Well, uh, two's better than one, so get two instead of one. Or don't get it at all. Nice. (laughs) I'm going to go with that option. But if you're forced to choose one of them. If you don't like someone that you know, and they're a Pokemon fan, this is the great gift to get them. (laughs) Oh, you're so mean. Let's go on to the last game. Yeah, well. Yes.
I like that song. It's um, yeah. Well, I don't know how to describe it, but it's I like it too. Thematic. Yes. Is that a hint? I don't know. I... Uh, I guess if you if you recognize uh. what it would be. Silence. I don't really know what to say about that that music that's not like a big hint, so. Which console port of this game did not suffer the censorship found in its brethren? My brothers.
Yeah. Yeah, I don't really know anything about this game, so uh, why don't you take the lead? This would be Samurai Showdown for the Neo Geo, or Samurai Spirits. Well, on the Virtual Console, right? Yeah, well, this is the Virtual Console version via... This is the Neo Geo version via the Virtual Console. Right. As opposed to the SNES version via the Virtual Console. Or the arcade or the arcade wait, version that... Wait, is SNES version also on Virtual Console? No, but I wouldn't be surprised if one day one's up there. Why? Wouldn't uh, the, the Neo other Geo games ha- one be better? Other games have done it. But yes, the Neo Geo one is better. But I believe, I'm not positive with this, the arcade version will be coming to the Wii via the Neo Geo collection, so... Oh, brother. Okay, yeah, you know, Neo Geo doesn't know what they're doing. No. Yeah. But th- this... I-, I actually played this game way back in, like, 93, 94 time on the arcades. Uh-huh. When it was, you know, a pretty revolutionary game at the time because it was, you know, it it started with... Well, it wasn't the first game of... Final Fury, I think. This is this was the first game where it was really well, like the zooming in on the characters when they got close. Oh, okay. And zooming back out when they okay. got. Okay. And the game was a whole lot of like being really quick reflexes and techniques and things, but it was also really gory, <laughs> which is why it was censored when it came to consoles because it came out right after Mortal Kombat. Ah, I see. And uh, so this is like a different. Was this like faster paced than? Is that the idea? It's a lot faster paced than like Street Fighter and games like that. Is that the? It, it was a pretty fast paced, you know, high reflex technical game. Yeah, I, and, you know, I can't was, get. I just can't get into fighting games like that. I I know I play Brawl, but you know I play Smash Brothers. But that's very that's very different in terms of controls and and uh, memorization versus you know just playing the game. Yeah, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that it was a six-button controller too, uh, with the Neo Geo. Yeah. So I mean, this six-button and a joystick that would have, and that big giant palette that the Neo Geo called its controller. Mm. I mean, that. Uh-huh. Was, although for a cartridge game, this did have really good music. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely better than the SNES version. I, I think we have used the SNES version way back on uh. Radio Trivia. I don't know if it was for podcast or not, but. Um, I remember. I think actually. I think the third. I played the third song. I, I think I used the third song, and it definitely sounds better on, on the new deal. Um, it's um. I, I enjoy the game. I don't think I'm gonna buy it on a virtual console unless it turns out that this Neo Geo collection is not coming. Then I might consider it. But I think it's 900 points, and that's really steep. Yeah, you know, the only thing I know about this game is that it was the inspiration for a a lot of fighting games, and apparently also uh, the guy. Who, that created Baroni Kenshin used a lot of references to this game when just describing things. Yeah, so some of the, some of the so, art design in this game does seem to be somewhat similar. But uh, other than that, I yeah, I, I really don't know anything about it. If, if Ty were on this podcast, I'm sure he would go ape shit right now talking about it. But, yeah, probably. And uh, um, I think it might currently be a free game on GameTap, but I'm not positive of that. Yeah, I seem to remember commercials about that. And if so, it is, there's no reason in hell to pay 900 points for it. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it, unless it's a ba- unless it's like a bad port. Um, I think it's probably the arcade version. Well, it could be a bad whatever rendition yeah. of it, but I doubt it. No, probably uh, not. Yeah, but Neo Geo has put a lot of weird games on the Virtual Console, like um, when they put Metal uh, Metal Slug on there, despite the fact that you can right. get, you can get Metal Slug Collection, right. which is like seven Metal Slug games now for probably about ten bucks. Well, I mean. You know, 
like it's on a mega collection on any any platform of your desire. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and uh, get a lot of songs. Though I lost my copy, so. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's out on the freaking PC now, which which means you can buy it again. For you can buy yes. Sonic Sonic Three and Knuckles once again for your PC. It's been a while, I know. I want eight versions of it. But, uh, but the weird thing about this game is you could. When it came within a year of its first home console release, you could have five different versions of it. Because there were two versions for the Genesis the Genesis huh? itself and the Sega CD. Oh. <laughs> there was an SNES version, there was this version, the Neo Geo version, which is the most pure. And then a year later, there was a, a version for the ill fated 3DO. And for whatever reason, this is the answer to the question, the 3DO version w- didn't suffer the same censorship of the others, where the Neo Geo version, all the blood got turned to white, all the references to death and the dialogue were removed, and what, what affectionately are now known as fatalities were toned down considerably. Hmm. In the SNES, the blood was orange, which is even weirder in a way, <laughs> and all the fatalities were removed. So it wasn't the same game. Right. The Genesis version is, is generally regarded as being the worst. Oh, just because the system couldn't handle it, or...? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, the CD version was better, but still it was really censored. But the Neo Geo ver- I mean, um, 3DO version came out a year later and was just like, eh, do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> so, I'm not even sure how that happened, but Neo Geo has kind of a, a reputation of censoring their games in America and then sometimes, like, just not doing it for one game randomly. I see. Well, that's, you know... Neo Geo is a weird company. They, they've kind of come and gone. I'm not really sure what they're up to these days. Um, um, releasing all their games on the oh, Wii multiple oh, yeah, ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, I can't recommend this game. Samurai Showdown is is hardly my my idea of a good time. But uh, no, it's pretty uh, hardcore. It's it's historical for for fans of that genre. And uh, yeah, you can buy it on Virtual Console. Yay! Woo-hoo. Yeah, that's yeah. all I gotta say about that game. All right, well then we're done. All Leave. right, go. Oh, okay. No, no. Bye, guys. Thanks for playing. Thank you for co-hosting. Thanks for having um, me on. Don't forget to send your requests. I can use more. I've already consumed two of them today, so uh, send them. We don't get many of them, so please do send them. I use them. Yes, in fact, two of them. Yes. I'm wrong. So. Again. Yeah. That Bye, wrong. guys. Bye. Sonic Advance 3 is copyright 2004 Sonic Team Sega. Super Mario RPG is copyright 1996 Nintendo Square. The Legend of Zelda and Majora's Mask is copyright 2000 Nintendo. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon 2 is copyright 1993-2008 Nintendo Creatures Inc. Game Freak Inc. Chunsoft. Samurai Showdown is copyright 1993 SNK. And, uh... If you like the- Majora's Mask, play it again. Ah, shit. This is really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to end this. Bye, guys. Um... Asking people to send them music. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There you go.